Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? It's showtime, folks! Do I have everybody's attention now? We are the nation! Give me a hell yeah! Yes! What? Yes! What? Power in the inmate! Embrace the vision. We want the smoke! Everybody's got a price! For the benefit of those with flash photography. With a tear in my eye! The cream of the crop! Hey yo! You just made the list! I am the man! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wrestle Nation, pro wrestling talk for people who talk pro wrestling. This is the official podcast of NEW, talking about all the happenings in the newest pro wrestling organization in the Pacific Northwest, as well as breaking down the world of WWE, NXT, AEW, and more. Whether it's then, now, or new, we're here to break it down. My name is Jay Bowman, and I'm joined as always by award-winning journalist, Mr. Wyatt Arndt, the stanchion. Wyatt, how are you doing today? That is the best delivery you've ever done, sir. Congratulations. Uh, it's about time. No bullshit. You There's put the no bullshit there. there. No, yeah, it's, it's yeah. award-winning delivery, so I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Oh, no, don't say appreciate. At least <laughs> crossover, use crossover, the whole baby. Word. <laughs> All right, I take it all back. Uh, we are also joined by the man of a thousand nicknames. Uh, we're going to go with the architect primarily, Mr. Mike Paris. Paris, how are you? Amazing. I'm great. I'm great. I, I don't I don't appreciate how much how legitimately you gave Wyatt his uh his authorship title. I'm not even sure what to call yeah. it. And and I appreciate that you said you don't appreciate it. Yes. You didn't I say the full I don't appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, look yeah. at you. I re- I respect your time, boys. I'm trying to get through it quicker. You know, appreciate you cut off some of those syllables, you're good to go, man. Just help now. <laughs> well we well, I gotta say, I I I like that, Wyatt, and I I do appreciate that because we have a lot to get into. We are between two NEW shows from NEW3. Uh, the chase for the championship. Night one happened on Saturday. Night two is coming up in just a few days here on Thursday. We had a ton to talk about, so let's get right into the NEW segment. Okay, as mentioned, NEW3 is half over, and the chase for the championship tournament is now in its quarterfinals. All three of us were in attendance this past Saturday night at the Studio Nightclub on Granville Street for NEW3, and it was a, it was a pretty wild night, folks. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I, I, I was there in attendance. I was... Uh... Uh, standing near the bar, which apparently was the most hazardous place to stand in the night, as I was uh, attacked by a flying Russian at one point. I was uh, spat in the face at another point, but I'm sure we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got there uh, a little bit later and uh, was, you know, a pretty packed venue. So I'm sitting there watching the show and we we're all talking as we do. 
And at one point, uh, we we're just talking about the match going on, and that aforementioned bar came up. And then, in Paris, said, "I think I had my life saved by some guy pulled me out of the way from the bar." And I said, "Well, I'm at that same bar. You must be around me." So I sent a picture, and Paris turned right around in front of me. It was him. <laughs> right <in front> of <laughs> we were literally <laughs> two feet apart from each other and did not realize. And I shoulder to shoulder. It was, yeah, I did. Eventually, I did figure it out. So again, not maybe award-winning journalism, but still pretty solid journalism. That's good. Well, solid journalism yeah. is still something. Uh, so we'll go over some of the matchups. Yeah, it was a hell of a venue. Really, really hot crowd. Uh, the wrestlers did an awesome job of like getting in the crowd and fighting. And the whole the stuff with the bar with Malik Mello and Anton Alexiev was absolutely awesome. And the uh, the old bar the old timey bar slide for uh, for Alexiev that was a that was an awesome spot. So uh, let's go over the matches. So first off, uh, Judas Icarus beating Ravenous Randy Myers to uh, to move on. What uh, what do you guys think of this match? Why were you here at that point? Or I guess yeah. that was a, a mid-level match. Yeah, yeah, I saw that one. I think it, you know there were some sightline issues with the venue, so I think people that kind of had a more traditional match might have lost a bit of the crowd because they wouldn't be able to see, necessarily see all the action. And it was kind of a more traditional match, and you know I think Judy is the guy who's going to win this. So you know I thought his whenever Ravenous, you know, wasn't too surprising. But you know, for me, Ravenous, he's he's too. His his character's too big for these for this venue. He's he's made for the Commodore, so that's where I think he's really going to start shining for NEW fans. Wait for Commodore, and that's when he's going to you know take off. Well, it's a good thing there's a Commodore show coming up on January the fifteenth. Uh, Paris, what do you think about Icarus and Randy Myers? Yeah, you know, you know, you're gonna have a good time. When when I saw Randy Myers being sultrily, is that a word? Sultrily walking down the stairs. I was uh, eagerly anticipating what we were about to see. And uh, Bowman, you're giving me a face right now. Like, like sultrily is not think, a... Is, is sultrily a word? <laughs> like, it so. sounds right. How else would you say that? Yeah. If uh, someone was to do something in a sultry, sultry oh, manner. No. Oh, no, I'm going to have to ask our resident mm. journalist and writer if why it aren't is sultrily a word. He should have said it in a sultry manner. Bowman had it right. Bowman got it. He, he found the right in path, In a sultry manner? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, I'm always waiting to see what Randy has to do. And uh, going up against Icarus was a great uh, matchup for the two of them. I love their styles. They can move fast and, and hard hit uh, with the best of them. So I, I, loved it. I loved the pairing. I thought it was a good match. And, of course, Icarus going over there. So... Um, I'm excited to see where where the tournament leads him next as well. He was he was also very a very wet man his hair when he did the, he like he got in the turnbuckle and gyrated and shook himself so hard there was like a mist in the air. Uh, I made for a very good <laughs> gif online. It was very yeah. intense. Was he also everything uh, at the time? Uh, was he? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I don't I don't know what he's doing half the time in the ring, but I love it. <laughs> when is he not? When is he not? Uh, we saw Miles Deville, one half of State of Emergency, uh, the half that maybe we not we might not be as familiar with as he just uh, recently returned uh, for NEW two from Mexico. He defeated another fellow who was training in Mexico, uh, Eli Surge, in a first round matchup. Uh, we'll start with Wyatt. Wyatt, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I think again, I've, I've always been pretty big on State of Emergency, and for me, it's not so much when are they going to win the tag titles, it's which one of those two is going to win the singles titles first. So I think those guys have a long career ahead of them. And Eli Surge, you know, again, this, he's, he's just tinfoil went over real well with the crowd and the bar. They enjoyed it. Uh, he's, you know, I, I don't know what he's up to. I don't know. I think he's distracted by the aliens. But once again, uh, I do think that uh, Miles DeVille, he's, he's one to look out for. 
Yeah, similar to, to the uh, Icarus Myers match, this one kind of blended those kind of fun elements with Eli Surge as well as with the, the fast paced hard wrestling. Huge pop from my my section of the room uh, when Eli Surge walked the ropes for a while. That that got a good good response and, and Eli talking them up while he did it. Uh, so good moment there. And I I'm starting to become a big fan of Miles DeVille and what he can do in the ring. And uh, like you say, it between him and Sebastian Wolf, these are two of the big up and comers in this company. And I don't know what's going to happen next. Is it is it the tag? Is it because they're both excellent singles wrestlers as well? Uh, Sebastian Wolf, you know, also moving forward in this tournament. So, you know, what's next? Yeah, Miles DeVille had an incredible match with Daniel Maccabe at NEW2 on the Sunday show. And it was awesome because I, I remember seeing him post on, I think it was the Lionsgate Dojo um, Instagram or Twitter or something, a move he had been working on, which is kind of a uh, sliced bread uh, twist into like a cutter sort of thing. And he actually busted that out in that match against Daniel Maccabe. And I was like, oh shit, that's the move that he's been he's been working on. So didn't get a chance to see that uh, against Eli Surge. But uh, yeah, Miles DeVille, super, super talented. Let's talk about his tag team partner. Sebastian Wolf defeated Sharif Morrow. Sharif, a long time removed from his giant slaying of Bishop <laughs> at, uh, at NEW1. Uh, Jackie Lee, the other member of Reloaded, was there. Sebastian Wolf had no problem taking care of both of them. And essentially beating two guys. At first, I thought he was trying to bait Jackie Lee into attacking him so he'd get the quick uh, disqualification win and advance because Reloaded's still got to be pissed off about not winning the tag belts thanks to State of Emergency at NEW2. Yeah, I'm sure they got chips on their shoulder and it's, it's far from over between those those four gentlemen and you know, Sebastian Wolf, again, like, if you look at SOE, again, I gotta, I gotta shout out to their ring gear. It is on point. I love their ring gear. They are one of the best dressed uh, tag teams out there. You know, look good, feel good. They're bringing their A game. Dress for what you want to be, all that. I do want to say I'm a bit disappointed that Sebastian Wolf, who had promised a figure four leg lock around the ring post, mm. did not do it. The bounty is still Drama. unclaimed, everyone. Thursday, it is still out there for the taking. Anyone can have it. Wolf could even try for it again. But that's, again, I'm, I don't want to say I disappointed him. I'm just a little sad that we didn't see it. And if there was ever a time to do it, it's these shows with that ring, because the ring's a little bit low. It's not that high up from the ground, so it's kind of just like a, a regular figure four. <laughs> so it is absolutely <laughs> That's the time to do it's, it. I was, when I sat down at commentaries looking, I'm like, and that's the first thing I thought of was the figure four around the ring post. And I'm like, you're barely at an angle. <laughs> it's right. There's a slight decline to, uh, to hit that. So, uh, yeah, the bounty is uh, the bounty is still out there. And, yeah, Sebastian Wolf, massive uh, tiger bomb at the end of that. When those straps come down, we saw we know that from Kurt Angle. We know that from the Undertaker. When those straps come down, shit's about to go off. Yeah, this, was, this had some huge just big man spots in it and uh from starters when uh when jackie lee gets uh just slammed onto the apron it was it, and then and then sharif comes tumbling on top of him it was an ugly sight to be seen and uh no one survived that one and then that tiger bomb that like why it said sometimes it's a little bit hard to see in the venue but that when that tiger bomb hit it shook the room and you could feel it whether you could see it or not 
Well, there was hard-hitting action and stuff like all night. Like I'm sitting there, but the ring moved quite a bit when people were uh, were hitting the slams and going off the ropes and stuff. It was awesome. The other matchup on that side of the bracket, uh, Travis Williams. Man, did this guy ever need a win uh, after the start he's had in NEW. And he got a big one in a match against Adam Ryder. Uh, some great strikes in this match, but also a lot of strikes to uh, a lot of strikes to the balls. A lot of ball work <laughs> in this match. And uh, the referee let him go. Playoff referee letting him go. Uh, why? What'd you think about this one? Yeah, Adam Ryder. You know, I never quite know if he's, you know, which side of the the, the line he's playing on. Is he good? Is he bad? I don't think even he knows. So I'm not surprised that ball plays in his arsenal. You know, he can get as dirty as the next guy. And with Travis Williams, sometimes you got to go down to his level. Uh, this guy's gonna do whatever it takes to win. And like you said, he was on a bit of a losing streak. He hasn't got a lot of wins. I thought he'd be the guy that maybe would be undefeated, maybe the top ranked guy in uh, NEW, and he struggled. So that win was huge for him. You know, maybe I'm sleeping on him a bit. Maybe I got to give more credit to what the wise men might have planned, but I, I still think that this is Icarus's tournament. Yeah, uh, Travis Williams absolutely needed that win because you've got the wise men who are the first ever tag team champions, uh, Billy Swade and uh, Uncle Daddy, Tony Baroni. And then you've got Mr. Ferguson, who's been, you know, rattling off some wins as well. So as far as the wise men go, he was kind of lagging behind. So nice that he was able to get the uh, the monkey off his back here. Yeah, no no chicanery here. No, no wise men interference. So Travis gets the win uh, on his own accord. But yes, with a lot of... Um um uh, attention uh placed to a certain area of the body for both of these wrestlers so i i bet they were feeling it as they stumbled the way their way to the bar after the match yeah um elsewhere we had uh, the first match of the evening was artemis spencer defeating uh the golden gun mark wheeler in from uh in from ontario uh why the first time is this the first time you've seen mark wheeler? Uh, this is the one match i missed so unfortunately this is all mike paris so i hope you're paying attention paris i need the award-winning investigative journalism from you on this one wow this is your shot paris <laughs> yep. this is your shot i hope you're listening belgium here it goes <laughs> uh this was a great way to to tug the curtain this was a great way to start the night it got everyone off hot um i i didn't i couldn't really get a sense of the crowd you know how many people were the the nightclub crowd and how many people were the hardcore wrestling crowd and i think it was a kind of a good blend of the two and uh and i think this was a great match to get things started and get those people who were maybe the more casual viewers of the product really into the product and and that you couldn't have picked two better guys. Artemis Spencer ostensibly the face of this company, and and Wheeler coming in as a, as a guest spot here, and it it worked perfectly to start the day with some hard hitting, fast, fast match. This is some some friendly advice for Paris. I mean, he tried, and I just I, say, I do got to give him a, a little heads up here that uh, when you use descriptors that are overtly sexual, you've got to watch out. You know, a really good way to tug the curtains and get everyone off hot was a little little intense. Just, just mix it up a bit, you know. <laughs> Jeez, Wyatt, you sound like a guy. You said who's, it. You're the one you're saying. You need your curtains tugged, I think, a little bit. <laughs> it was awesome. Like I, that was the first time I've ever seen Mark Wheeler uh, wrestle. Great opponent for Artemis Spencer. Spencer looking super focused, like right out of the gate. He's been he's a number one ranked uh, singles wrestler in NEW, and I think a lot of people pick him to go all the way. Uh, elsewhere, Wyatt, I'm going to go to you first because I can just see the delight in your eyes. As you know, I'm breaking down the, the bracket here. Nicole Matthews defeated Evan Rivers. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, you know what? I don't, you know, I don't give him credit to a lot of people, especially you two clowns, uh, and even more so Evan Rivers, but he put up a hell of a fight. You know, I, 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 of course, did I take pleasure in him losing? Of course I did. 
I talked about curtains many times when he got pinned for the one, two, three. I just, I loved it. Uh, but you know, he he did put up a fight. At one point, he screamed at Nicole to hit him, and like he just he just brought his A game. And Nicole's a veteran. That's a tough out. You know, he, I, I give him I, I commend him for taking on a top challenge in, in in Nicole Matthews. But it's still it's it's another loss for Evan Rivers. I will say I'm a little disappointed that Nicole Matthews didn't go for the bounty and make him tap out. You know, again, people are letting me down. This is free money, everyone. Free money. Like if Bowman was running in there, make him tap. That's twenty dollars for you. Like it's that easy, okay? Like anyone, J Swing, you're in the DJ booth. Drop the headphones, get in there, make him tap, okay? So you just want, so you want Nicole Matthews to just go and just keep hitting moon salts until he taps out? Yeah, <laughs> whatever works. <laughs> yeah, I will note one thing about this match that I'm a little worried about, and I wouldn't say this very often about Nicole Matthews. Big fan. I don't think she was taking Evan River seriously here. She, I don't think she was giving him the credit that he deserved uh, at a lot of moments in this match. Uh, one of my favorite spots in the match was they're on the apron. Nicole's delivering some kicks. Evan turns over, turns around and says, fuck you, Nicole. <laughs> and she laughs in his face and says, fuck me, or something to that extent. And I, I laughed out loud at the moment, and I've laughed out loud at the, at the replay of that. Um, and then Nicole hitting that moonsault, which I know she's been working on, and, and hitting that as the finisher. Um, it, it looked like it caught uh, Evan a little awkwardly, um, making it, maybe taking a page out of uh, Travis Williams's book and attacking the ghoulies a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, it obviously did the, did the work, so he would have submitted uh, probably had he not fallen yeah, for the yeah, pinfall. She, she was going for the moonsault <laughs> tapouts. Yeah. And yeah, you got to hit him in the, hit him in the, in the nethers to... Uh, to make that happen. Uh, and then elsewhere, Anton Alexiev was supposed to face uh, Bishop in the first round. And Bishop uh, was the person I had going all the way winning this thing. I put $400 on Bishop to win. Uh, and then, unfortunately, Bishop wasn't able to compete. So uh, Malik Mello, who was an alternate, who's, uh, you know, been doing some really, really good work in NEW, uh, did a great, had a great match on the Sunday show at NEW2, as well as the matinee show against Artemis Spencer at NEW1. Like, this guy, he's a, you know, big physical, like, brick shithouse. But also, he can fly. Like, he can get a lot of height and stuff. A hell of an athlete. So he fought Anton Alexiev in probably one of the more chaotic matches of the first round. Uh, as you mentioned, they went out to the bar. Uh, he slid him across the bar in an old-school Wild West spot. Uh, there was bottle service involved. Smashed glass. Referees getting knocked unconscious. All sorts of stuff. But Malik Mello comes away with the win. Yeah, I, I didn't know Bishop wasn't going to be in that match, so I hear Drake. I thought, did, did Bishop go with Drake? I didn't know what was going on. And it was a Malik Mello. It makes sense. Toronto guy coming out. Uh, I will say that was my match tonight for me. Uh, I love that match. And the, the guys in the bar agreed with me. It was it got the crowd going. Uh, it was just fun. I think, you know, part of it is just because Malik is such a, an impressive specimen out there. He can, you know, like you said, he's got that Bam Bam Bigelow agility, which you wouldn't expect from a big guy, which is fun to see. And he's also got a lot of power. And especially in the indies, to have someone that size, you don't see that out too often. Uh, and then... Alexiev, oh man, I want to see more of this guy. Holy shit, yeah. this dude! I just think he is who he is. He lives. He lives that. That's that's who he is. Like wrestling in the all white suit. My God, I loved it. And him just he his entire point of the night thing was to get to the bar. So when he lost, it wasn't matter because like two seconds later he was at the bar actually getting drinks. Like this guy is here to wrestle and to drink, and I don't know which order. And I love him. That's that's one thing I wanted to call out is that after that match was over, uh, I look over from commentary and I see him just sitting standing at the bar. Looking rough, waiting to order a drink. I laughed my ass off. That was that was great stuff. Well, I have some uh, insider information to that as I was standing 
two feet away from the man at the time. <laughs> uh, uh, guy, uh, so a segment in the match that we've kind of already touched on, uh, where Malik Mello takes Alexiev and slides him like an old saloon down the bar. And there was a group of guys uh, standing at the bar who kind of helped him up and said, don't worry, man, we'll buy you a drink, we'll buy you a drink. Like, when he was there. And so the moment that match was done, there was Alexiev waiting for those guys to buy him a drink. <laughs> That's a good gimmick, guys. That's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they did. They did. They bought him. Yeah. They bought him a few. There were, there was, uh, I assume, shots of vodka uh, going around very quickly yes. after the match. Uh, but yeah, this so was a, oh, this was a very cool match. And Malik Mello, you guys have already mentioned it. Uh, 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 just a huge specimen someone who has that agility and has that power that i personally really look for in a wrestler is that kind of balance of the two when i have my big guys i don't want them to be brock lesnar's i want them to be you know uh kevin owens keith lee keith lee's yeah so uh he definitely brings brings that element to the table that not a lot of guys can and he brought it in this match and alexia went down and uh, I think coming in uh, as the outsider, maybe he was at a bit of a disadvantage, but of course, Mello didn't have time pre- to prepare. He didn't know he was going to be in this match until the day of. So uh, different elements there are coming in, but yeah, Mello moves forward. All right, and then the last match of the first round, probably the most personal match that we saw in the first round, uh, Elliot Tyler defeating uh, Mr. Ferguson. They had a balcony brawl. They went all over Studio Nightclub. Uh, Tyler gets the Duke. And then afterwards, uh, Mr. Ferguson, uh, pretty frustrated, uh, takes out his frustrations on Corey Basso, special referee. Uh, Wyatt, do you feel like you owe an apology to Corey Basso? Because I didn't see any conflict of interest at all in that match. And also, like, member of the wise men beat the shit out of him afterwards. Did you not see at one point when when Beef was on uh, Mr. Ferguson's back? Ferguson was about to fall over, and he reached out and had a hand on Corey Bassett to keep himself up. That was clearly collusion. Oh. Clearly collusion. Oh. Grabbed his shirt. I think what happened with Ferguson at the end of it, he snapped because, you know, Basso just missed his spot, didn't count him out properly. He was mad that Basso didn't do the job correctly. That I, You know, I still don't trust Basso. Uh, I will say uh, he did take a beating. Ferguson planned him real hard, uh, and I saw him limping out after the show, so... I'm willing to admit maybe I was wrong, but I'm not full. I got to investigate a little bit further, a little bit further. Okay. Uh, That's fair- as close to an apology as you're ever going <laughs> to get. And, and fair enough, because I noticed something, and, and this was, you know, uh, after the match and after uh, he'd taken that nasty bump from Mr. Ferguson, uh, Elliot Tyler, Tyler gives Corey Basso a moment to, you know, stand up on the turnbuckles and kind of have his moment up the match. He threw up, not the wise man W, but a W uh, to extent. And it wasn't in the same format. It was more of a West Side W, if you will. Uh, but he he did it. He did it. I think. Do you think it's, things think it's are a, happening? Is, it a white ca- is that a white caps thing? I, white caps? I'm just saying it's a W. That's all it's I know. A, it's okay. a long long term long term con. Yeah. It, so they're running. Happen. They're running. If you watched uh, Red Notice, that delightful YouTube movie with The Rock. YouTube. Uh, it's Netflix. What's <laughs> <laughs> oh, on Netflix? Whatever it is. <laughs> Things could happen that you don't expect. Wow. If, I'm sorry. That's your, that's your stance. If you watch Red Notice, you know things could happen that you don't expect. I it's see, a bad movie. I'm doing my best. Here. I see your sponsorship uh, agreements have changed since Yellowstone. No, no. If you want a real show, Yellowstone. <laughs> that's what you got to watch. Oh, that no. is on Prime. 7 uh, to 8 Central. It's got Kevin Costner from Draft Day. Um, 
All right, and the other match we had. So this was probably Elliot Tyler's best opportunity to beat, for, like, to wrestle Mr. Ferguson like one on one, because Travis Williams was probably recovering from all the dick shots from Adam Ryder uh, backstage, and then you also had the Wise Men had just come off of a successful title defense, which was our only non-tournament matchup in night one. Uh, the Wise Men, Billy Swade and Tony Baroni beat uh, the Voros Twins. Uh, thoughts on uh, the Wise Men retaining their tag team titles? Yeah, they, they won it as they often do by using their smarts. And I am surprised that the uh, Voros Twins have struggled so far in NAW. And, you know, I think you're going to get a lot of that Elias Patterson heat where people are going to be like, are they paying too much attention to social media? Are they not focused on wrestling enough? That's going to kind of be the thought process there. But the Wiseman are focused on one thing and one thing only, and that's winning titles. So it wasn't, you know, too surprising. But, you know, I don't think this is the last uh, time the Wiseman are going to defend those belts anytime. They're just, they're just so good. They know what they're doing out there. Yeah. Uh, da Ouchie? Um, I, I gotta say my, my new favorite, uh, thing to do is, uh, with the various, uh, TikTok obsessed young people I work with at work, I, I tell them that I watch the Da Vinci twins wrestle on a regular basis and it blows <laughs> their little minds. So, uh, go ahead. <laughs> Sawyer Marsh, who's, uh, who me and Wyatt go back with, uh, quite a ways. He was there with his girlfriend and... Uh, she wasn't going the entire time, but like he had somebody drop out, and then she was gonna come take it, and she was like, "I had no idea the Davinci guys were wrestlers." Oh man! Yeah. So oh no! Yeah, <laughs> she was excited to see the Davinci guys wrestle, and yeah, they put up a really, really good fight. But yeah, the Wise Men just, you know, playing 4D chess out there. That tag division's really, really hot. You know, when you got State of Emergency in there, Reloaded, who I feel is due, Reloaded's going to hold those tag belts at some point in the future, and you never know what kind of alliances may come out of, you know, these next couple shows as well. Yeah, who knows what the, what the future holds for the division, but right now it's, it's what does the future hold for these belts? Because I could see the Wise Men holding on to these for a long time, but they have a lot of big time teams breathing down their throats with reloaded with state of emergency and like you say who knows what's coming down the pipe we've got uh the strays you know like there's people that could be coming up right. that uh are are gonna bring the heat and and breathe down the necks of the wise men and and the voros twins are, are right there in that pack and will continue to be Let's not forget about the Bollywood Boys as of well. Course. The Bollywood Boys will be at the Commodore, and they're very familiar with this region and this area. So, All right, so we've got the quarterfinal matchups uh, are set for this coming Thursday at the Studio Nightclub. I do believe some tickets are still available at time of recording. By the time you hear this, it might be too late. But uh, Judas Icarus is going to face Miles DeVille. Uh, and then Travis Williams is going to face Sebastian Wolf. My dream of the uh, state of emergency collision is still alive. I'd love to see Miles Deville and Sebastian Wolf. I mean, who would Cassidy align with in that uh, in that match? Uh, who do you guys like in those matches? That's rough. I believe in state of emergency a lot. Uh, I feel like whoever comes out of this side of the bracket is going to be in rough shape. Uh, that's going to be a rough, t- tough take there. Um, I. I gotta say, with Judas Icarus, you know, no, no offense to Miles Deville, but it's just I, I've picked him from day one, so I can't switch the allegiance up there. And um, I'm gonna go Sebastian Wolf. I, I know Travis Williams won that first round matchup, but I still think he's still trying to find his ground. And I think Sebastian Wolf is on a real big tear right now, so I'm gonna go with Wolf. Yeah, I'm gonna echo that. I'm gonna say Icarus and Wolf here. Um, Travis, had, like, he won this last match, but he struggled with bigger opponents uh, recently. And Sebastian Wolf is a bigger opponent. And if he's going to sneak out of that, it's probably going to be something something sketchy going on. Uh, but, yeah, I like Wolf in that second part of the bracket. 
On the other side of the bracket, we've got Artemis Spencer versus Nicole Matthews and Elliot Tyler versus Malik Mello. We just talked about them. So what do you think between uh, Elliot Tyler and the surprise uh, upstart uh, Malik Mello? Uh, for me, it's, yeah, I, Elliot Tyler, he's the guy that's born to topple Giants. That's kind of what he does. Um, I think he's just got a bit more veteran presence uh, than Malik. I think Malik, you know, a couple years, I might reverse this decision. But right now, I just think that you know, Beefer's kind of got that that enough ring generalship under him to take that win. And then against uh, Artemis and Nicole. Artemis, at the end of the day, is just a really nice guy. Whereas with Nicole, there's a little bit of a mean streak in there. And I think that if it comes down to it, if there has to be something a little bit dirty to win that match, she'll be the one to take it. So I'm going to go with Nicole. Yeah, in that match, you know, of course, they, these two have a lot of history together. Uh, but I was surprised <laughs> to learn that uh, they've, they've only wrestled, you know, uh, twice, I think it was, in, in the last however long they've they've uh, wrestled together so to speak uh but so i'm excited to see where this goes i i i yeah yeah the two kind of opposing styles surprisingly and and nicole could hard hit her way through this um i, I don't know what that looks like when they get home but that's up to them uh and with malik Mello and and elliot tyler i'm i does can lightning strike twice can can elliot tyler really uh you know, tumble two giants in the span of a matter of days. I'm not sure. I, I heard Bishop take a big splat down the stairs behind me earlier. So maybe Elliot Tyler is going to utilize that same space that he used to take out, uh, to take out Mr. Ferguson, uh, against Mello. I'm not sure. Yeah. See, Artemis Spencer and Nicole Matthews is interesting because a lot of folks went up to uh, the top rope in round one and nobody found success except for those two those are the only two people i believe that were able to hit top rope moves and they won so you might see i don't know maybe a little lucha match between the two although both of them are so versatile that it could just be an absolute strike fest they could just beat the crap out of each other there could be you know mat wrestling more submission style like i have no idea what to expect from that match except for the fact that it's going to be fucking awesome because those are two of the top talents in the entire uh region and then yeah malik Mello, i would love to see like this little Cinderella story uh, continue. But again, I feel the, the crowd is going to be so firmly behind uh, Elliot Tyler, potentially toppling another giant. And then who knows where that's going to lead uh, from there. So yeah, Thursday night, uh, December 2nd, Studio Nightclub. Another thing I wanted to bring up is that uh, it was announced in the past week that uh, Alex Plexus, uh, former... Uh, wrestler in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, he was announced as the general manager for NEW. Uh, he booted Rob Fay out of the uh, commentary booth uh, for the Miles DeVille match. So he joined me there. We had a lot of uh, lot of stuff to say. Uh, a lot of people have had some choice words and some not-so-favorable reactions on social media to the appointment of Alex Plexus as general manager. Why? You know a lot of the history here. So does Mike Paris. Uh, you know, what do you think about this? It, it's an odd choice. And on one hand, maybe you bring him on because he'll you know, do whatever it takes to beat other organizations. Maybe he wants to take on Defy. Maybe he wants to take on, you know, Prestige. Maybe he wants to like, get that guy to push you to the next level. On the other hand, it's kind of like hiring the guy who sells you stereos at the back of his van to run your shop. It's weird. You're like, this guy, how far can you trust Alex Plexus? Um, it's it's an odd choice. Uh, I have a feeling a lot of wrestlers aren't going to like this because, uh, you know, he will play favorites. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, he Cassidy's still Cassidy. his buddy. He, like, State of Emergency yeah. is probably the happiest people here right now because they're going to get tag title shot after tag title shot. So uh, I, this is just the beginning of what I assume to be a lot of chaos under the reign of Alex Plexus. First of all, I'm upset he stole my haircut. 
so let's start there. <laughs> um, but aside from that, uh, yeah, it's hard to not assume some bias here. But at the same, you know, kind of level, he uh, has a lot of relationships in the in the back room that maybe he is able to push this company to the next level. So I could see, I could see what Rob was thinking by bringing Plexus on. Um, hopefully, it pays off for everyone involved and not just the select few. Yeah, Plexus also said that he has, like, Dominion and stuff over all of, like, NEW, including the podcast. So Uh I'm not sure if we could be expecting him on the show at some point uh, soon, but we may uh, Well, in that case, Plexus is a beautiful man. He is... uh, I, for one, welcome our new overlords. Exactly. (laughs) Hail ants! I assume he watches Yellowstone every Sunday night. Um, Yeah, so... Every night in Prime. Yeah, there you go. Central. Yeah, so we may have to make room for a special guest at some point in the near future because I'm sure he's going to want uh, another avenue to get his message of fairness and balance across. And I'd asked him, are you going to be hugging anybody else backstage tonight? And he said, who I hug backstage is none of your business. So, yeah, because, I mean, immediate bias out of the gate. But we shall see. Uh, again, Thursday night, Studio Nightclub. Also, NEW4 is on sale January 15th at the Commodore. Uh, pretty much all the floor seats are all like are all gone. That thing's selling like hotcakes. So if you want to check out that show, uh, head over to nationextremewrestling.com. Get your tickets. Do not wait for that Commodore show. It is going to be absolutely bananas. Why, how pumped are you to be going back to the Commodore to watch some wrestling? Like Sawyer brought his girlfriend, I'm sure they had a delightful time, but imagine that times 100 when you see a show at the Commodore, because that's what it's like. So anyone who's seen any of these shows yet, no offense to the venues they've been at, but Commodore is a different beast. So I I promise you, come to the show and you will not be disappointed. Paris, you've been to plenty of Commodore shows. How excited are you to be back at the Commodore watching live wrestling? This is a venue that can turn a casual into a a frequent viewer of wrestling here in the Pacific Northwest. This is, I know, I know of people who have seen shows at the Commodore and have been then following subsequent shows. They've been to the rickshaw. They've, you know, been to these NEW shows. Like, this makes fans out of people. So if you have that partner, you have that girlfriend, that boyfriend, that husband, that wife, that brother, that sister, uh, bring them to the Commodore to show them what, uh, great wrestling can look like. And with everything that NEW has done so far, as far as raising the bar from the gaming stadium, Pinnacle at the convention center, what they're doing at the studio nightclub for these two shows, you just know this is going to keep going higher and higher, and they're going to pull out all the stops on January 15th at the Commodore. You're also getting a performance at halftime from the Rascals, Canadian hip-hop legends. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, Yeah, that was a very robust NEW segment because a lot of stuff is happening. Hell, boys by the next time we get together to discuss what's going on we're gonna have our first champion of new so how exciting is that uh, i just want to say great talking with you guys about uh, new wyatt thank you so much for uh for joining us i know that you you know have other journalistic responsibilities you know because of the canuck game tonight so appreciate that Wait, what what the canucks played the montreal canadians earlier on yeah the game today. finished you not... yeah yeah you did you're know, doing post game for the armies did, right for the did, athletic did, you guys, you're joking around, right? This is did they actually? Yeah, it was back to backs because I know they played on they Sunday, played but they yeah. also played tonight in Montreal. Yeah. Did you did you PVR it or something? Why did you? Uh, you... Uh, I gotta go. 
Okay. Uh, uh, oh, any okay. Oh, yeah. I guess that's wow. Well, you know, you you win some awards, you lose some awards. I'm not exactly sure what where why it just went there, but I guess uh, you, maybe not punctual. Yeah. for awards, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So he is going to quickly watch the Canuck game. I'm glad we didn't spoil what happened. Yeah, I don't want to you know, ruin way. it for they him. They did but, win. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, uh, best of luck, uh, Wyatt and Paris. I guess it's just me and you for the rest of this. I guess so, yeah. I should have told them that Elias Pettersson scored like 18 goals or something tonight. Double hat trick. You got six of them. So, yeah, it's rare. He got uh, got off the the start just like Travis Williams did. There you go. Yeah, finally got the monkey off his back. All right, uh, Paris, how about you and I go take a trip through the wide world of wrestling? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I don't know. It's the what, wide world of wrestling. Like, why? Paris. Why get, it just dropped out psyched. out of nowhere? I just didn't. I didn't know, I know. what to do. <laughs> I didn't know if I should go watch the Canucks it. game again. Or <laughs> no, even if they win, the answer to that yeah. is always no. <laughs> never. Never put yourself if through that Pedersen twice. If Pedersen scored a double hat trick, yeah, maybe, maybe you do that. Um, all right, so we'll start as we usually do alphabetically with AEW, not just because it's the best wrestling going uh, out there, but, you know, come on, it is. Uh, so the big thing, obviously, we'll talk about how Dynamite last week started with the long-awaited uh, 20 minutes of mic work confrontation between MJF and CM Punk. So this has been built up since before CM Punk even landed in AEW. They will have more times to go head-to-head on the mic uh, beyond this. This being the the first dance, so to speak. What did you think? Uh, pump the shit into my veins. Ah, I yeah. loved it. It was, oh, it I, was yeah, everything. They, oh, they, they, met, they referenced WWE too much. <laughs> Fuck it. Like, again, there's a familiarity there with yeah. both of these guys, especially Punk and his history, that you kind of have to. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and something yeah. like the Miz dig, for instance, just as a just as a brief example, um, that that would have gone over just as well in WWE. So it's not like you're just kind of attacking the other company. It's it was a good it was a good bit. Like there's lots of yeah. things that they said that that were really just relevant and real. And uh, man, I loved it. And honestly, like if there was some sort of like mic championship or something i'd I'd win it because i'm the best mic but other than that uh but yeah just them shooting promos back and forth literally and they say this on multiple occasions two of the best in the business on the stick and they said it within the promo and i i like that you mentioned it maybe a couple weeks ago but that that riding that fine line between breaking the kayfabe and disrespecting things um yeah and, and to to but but really feeding into the crowd and what they want to hear as well um and respecting the intelligence of the crowd i think all that was done so so well i i was listening to it the whole time being like i wonder how much of this they cleared with one another <laughs> before yeah, they went oh, out yeah. and said it because there were some well, there were some deep cuts there's an approach to comedy that i always like would try to take and that's something that's Funny to all, but hilarious to few. Yeah. Right? Uh, and that's where, you know, when I'm talking about walking the line between, like, oh, kind of the insidery backstage type stuff um, and just, like, disrespecting your opponent, again, something that is, you know... uh insulting for most people will understand, like, oh, that's a good dig. But some people will be like, that is the 
nuclear dig that I don't yeah. think you were ever going to bust out here. That is crazy. So they did a really, really great job with that. Cause I'm sure there are going to be people who don't necessarily know like, Oh, PG punk and the hustle loyalty and respect. But again, let's keep in mind, this is a rabid fan base totally. in Chicago who like they're informed. And I'd say the AEW fan base for the most part is very, very informed. So they're able to drop kind of subtle little things yep. like, Oh, the only way that you'll be a world champion is if you wait long long enough for Tony to have a daughter and then you marry her. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, just another one. Like, the, the Miz thing was the fucking haymaker. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was a roundhouse kick that nobody saw coming was the dig on uh, the dig on old Triple H. Yeah, and, and I think the... As well, just knowing that probably the deepest cut you could cut CM Punk with is the, like, oh, you're just AEW's John Cena. Like, this, you know, basically yeah. what you say. And to to hear that, uh, and that he keeps winning and all these kind of things, and they, you know, basically they just want him to continue to win, and if he yep. wins, we ride. You're out here to sell, you're out here to sell t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and move merch. And the, yeah. the, you know, insert city here and like all that kind of stuff. Cause he's, he's legitimately doing that. And I think that's the best yeah. part. Everyone loves it. And I think that's what's good about it as well is that the fans love what CM Punk's doing. But for her, and even if he's just coming in and saying, hey, I'm happy to be here. I'm going to go on commentary. Hi, guys. Listen to my music at the start of every single show. There we go. Yeah. Here I am. Um, but the fans love it. But the fans also respect. The, the dig in there. The fans yeah. respect the like, hell yeah, he's backing himself into a corner a little bit here with this gimmick, so you better figure something out pretty quick. And for MJF to call that out was was just art, really. Oh, man. And also, like, the other, like, punk digs, like calling him my jealous fan. That's yeah. what he thought MJF stood for. Talk about how he had the poster of him on the wall. Didn't bring up the photo, um, but also like brought up the appearance on Rosie O'Donnell. Like I was selling out <laughs> Madison Square Garden when you were marking out over Rosie O'Donnell. Very few people are going to get that, but those who do, oh shit! Yeah, that exactly. Is, uh, that is big. The picture seems like the obvious one to go to. Yes, right. But he kind yeah. of works his way around it, but then you know, kind of attacks things on the periphery. And uh, it, like I said, it was just beautiful from from both sides of the ring here. And I've I've never seen a a, a tete a tete like that in, in regards to a promo. Like we've seen lots of good promos, pipe bombs, yeah. so on and so forth. Yep, yep. But yep. to have two people go back to back, or you know, face to face, I should say, uh, and and shot for shot with one another so well, you rarely rarely see that. Yeah, I think the last time I remember seeing something and being that kind of engaged with it is maybe like uh, Roman Reigns, John Cena going at each other. Like Cena's thrown some some barbs over yep. the years about like the the Usos and their like DUIs and stuff. And um, but uh, yeah, no, it was it was incredible. And again, you're sitting there watching two guys talk for 20 minutes to start a wrestling show, and you don't care at all. It is captivating stuff. And even Punk burying MGF MJF like in character but using that to prop up Britt baker which he's done yeah, a couple times yeah. now saying that like yeah you talk she's about the real fourth the pillar pillars, yeah. you don't realize that you've been surpassed by Britt baker which you know knocks him down a peg but also elevates like you know Britt baker which he's been doing with his mentions of her like all the time like that is good stuff yeah not only are you furthering your program with this guy but you're mentioning somebody else in such a positive light who's also a heel which is great yeah, yeah, this wasn't this wasn't uh, heel face stuff. I it didn't feel that way. It was personal and and just continuing to build this in this way is the best way to have 
uh, the inevitable match really pay off. See, the thing is, like, we're a long way from their next uh, from their next pay-per-view. So do you see this going? I mean, I think you could maybe do, God, you treat those special dynamites like they're in your houses or, like, non-Big Four pay-per-views where there's sort of some sort of, like, fuck finish or whatever. Because there's no way that they're going to wait until, like, the next pay-per-view for these guys to square off. I did love, because we talked about last week. Okay, MJF's going to bring up his UFC. He's going to say this and say this. And that's what he did. He came out. He played the hits. He did yep. all the expected stuff we thought he was going to say. And then Punk ripped him for the low-hanging fruit and going after all this sort of stuff. Yeah, everybody expected you to say that. And then MJF, you know, shifted it and brought up some other stuff, which I thought was great. Um, how long can we really expect these guys to go? Because I'm excited to see where it goes now. Now that the opening salvo has happened and they've said their stuff and MJF has burned through the UFC thing and you're John Cena, blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm super interested to see what MJF has to say next. Yeah, they, it did feel like they left it all out on the table. So, like, where do you, how do you continue to build this feud? Um, having done that already, uh, I assume you work in members, members of the Pinnacle, and uh, make that work somehow. Maybe give Punk some matches there with some chicanery. Um, but yeah, it, it'd be curious to see because it did feel like they left everything they they had out there in regards to the barbs that they could throw at each other. I'm sure AEW would love to put them out there again and have them do it all over again, but I'm not sure you can recreate that magic in exactly the same way. Yeah, because our next special Dynamite is uh, Winter is Coming, which will be December the 15th. Um, and then, yeah, Double or Nothing is the next pay-per-view uh, beyond that, which there's no like official date for it yet. But so it's I typically guess- in May or something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That um, seems far away. Yeah. Yep. So, well, no, they've also, like, prior, like, they had Revolution right. was the first pay-per-view they had of 2021. Well, they had New Year's Smash and then Beach Break, which, again, were, like, specialty dynamites and whatnot. But Revolution's the, like, the pay-per-view in March. But there's no way they're going to make this thing go till March. Yeah, I wonder what if they're going to kind of change their tactics moving forward, because uh, I feel like that was... The special dynamites and those kind of things might have been more of a COVID reaction. Um, you know, yeah. we can't have the crowds in place and all that kind of stuff. So maybe we're going to see more AEW pay-per-views. I'm not quite sure. Well, I don't know. I mean, this year they've done like the uh, the homecoming. They did the the Arthur Ashe Stadium one, which was a huge, huge yep. show. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to uh, hard to say. Elsewhere, uh, Brian Danielson. Uh, continues his run through the Dark Order, uh, kicking Colt Cabana's teeth out, kicking his head in, and being an excellent uh, heel. What a good match. Great job by AEW promoting the history between these mm-hmm. two guys. Have you ever seen Wrestling Road Diaries? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. same. Quite yeah, a while same. ago so, when I first kind of started learning about Colt Cabana, I, I watched it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. so I, I don't have an immediate recollection of, of a lot of points within that because I feel like my knowledge of so many of that, those wrestlers featured in that has evolved since I've seen it. Um, but yeah, it's, it is a good, good way to kind of promote that and use it. And I'm sure, I'm sure Colt got a paycheck for letting him use the footage and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Danielson on an absolute tear. He's going to continue running through the dark order. It's just going to be great to see hangman page came out and confronted him, wanted to fight him. And then Danielson just like, he's right. Being like, oh, of course you would come out and posture and want to fight me after I've had a match. Yeah. Like, no, get the fuck out of here, yeah. idiot. 
And it was just like, yeah, like Paige comes across looking like a bit of a goof there. And Danielson just like dressing him down in a, you know, pretty precise way. And being like, yeah, you're just trying to take advantage of me that I just had a match. So I'm not wrestling you right now. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I, I think that is where they need to kind of push this one is not going full, like, just asshole heel with with Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, um, but allowing him to just keep kind of doing what he's doing, which is the kind of like, uh, I was going to say the I'm better in you, than you and, and you know it, uh, but that's someone else's gimmick. But the like the focusing on I am an amazing technical wrestler. I am I am here to take wrestling seriously and everyone yep. who isn't taking wrestling seriously and wants to get in my way from having great matches. I need to get rid of. And I think that's an example here of him in the promo with Paige. And I'm glad that amounted to some sort of physicality. Uh, and it, the physicality as well kind of made Paige look like a goof because he automatically goes for his clothesline and Daniel Bryan just kind of ducks out of the way and leaves. Uh, yep. So that still made them kind of both, they, they both were able to accomplish what they needed to accomplish out of that as well. So I think that segment was great for both wrestlers and, and the match with Colt was good too. Yeah. And like Danielson is just, you know, he's justified in all of this. I got into conversation with somebody on Twitter about it, where they're like, yeah, there's just like 180 like heel turn. It's just like super weird and very abrupt. And I'm like, not really. Nothing's really changed with him. Yeah, he always came exactly. out. And yeah, sure, he high-fived some fans. But he has made it abundantly clear since day one that he is here to wrestle, kick some ass, and win matches and prove that he is the best. And the bitterness that he feels... Like, commentary's not, like, you know, running in the ground or anything, but it's very clearly, you know, easily to understand that he's angry and he's bitter that he's not gonna be able to avenge that draw like that one in his record is gonna stick out mm -hmm. like a sore thumb until he's able to actually wrestle kenny omega and prove that he's better than the best bout machine right right and the fact that adam page took that from him and now he's not gonna be able to do that yeah set him off i i love it i think it's super justified it's not a you know crazy heel turn out of nowhere like he's here to compete and he's here to win and he's able to kind of blur the lines and walk between that based on circumstances and he's gonna beat the shit out of alan five angels on uh on dynamite this not week. anna jay if i'm a member of the yeah, if I'm a if I'm a member of the Dark Order and my uh, and the hometown is coming up on the Dynamite schedule, I'm like, ah, I gotta I could blow up this quad. Yeah, uh, I, I don't want to. <laughs> is it Atlanta? Foul it's Atlanta this week. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think there was like three or four of them, including Anna J, who all were all tweeted, "Oh, I'm from Atlanta." <laughs> what if he beats one? The next one hey, comes out, he beats them go. too. He's not he's not content. He was like, I'm running through all of them in their hometown. If there's four of them from Atlanta, line yeah. them up. And, and oh. to, just to address your kind of Twitter conversation, it would feel abrupt if this was something that felt forced or that it wasn't working with the fans. But it is. The fans were immediately into booing him and into giving him heat. And that's exactly what they needed to do. And that that for that reason only it doesn't feel like an awkward or abrupt shift no no not at all uh what else do we see on dynamite oh cody rhodes in the in the main event um they threw his weight belt back he threw it in the crowd they threw it back at him classic john cena stuff right there um the stuff going on with cody rhodes 
Do you feel it's too distracting from like everything else? Because no one really you're focusing on like face heel stuff and you know and then the wrestlers in there. But as soon as Cody Rhodes does anything, he just gets like nuclear booze, and that's what the big attraction of the match is: right. is people shitting on reaction. Cody Rhodes, yeah. as opposed to you know, yeah, Pac or Pack gets the hot tag or whatever, but he hot tags in Cody Rhodes. So it's like ah, fuck this guy, I hate yeah. him and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, do you feel it's too distracting whatever they're doing with Cody Rhodes? Yeah. I- I, I just wish it felt I wish they I don't get the idea that they know what to do next with it. And if they were if they're able to kind of find a way to make this work for them, um, I would be fine with it. But right now, it just like you say, it just feels like a distraction. I'm, I'm not sure where they can go from here other than just writing, as I've already suggested, just get rid of Cody for a while. Yep. <laughs> Send he's, him away for uh... six months to a year. He's going to be in an Atlanta street fight uh, Wednesday on Dynamite against Andrade. So, well, it's we'll his hometown too, isn't it? So, it is, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, the other, the only last thing I want to talk about AEW wise is I want to um, apologize and admit that I was wrong uh, last week or two weeks ago when I I didn't shit on Darby Allen, but I said that. Uh, there is a very clear winner and loser of that feud with MJF because MJF has moved on to his program with Sting and Darby Allen will have to be slumming it with Billy Gunn. Um, I'm very into the gun club, oh, I've God. decided. Okay. The fact that I, we I'll stand by your 50, comments then. 50-plus-year-old <laughs> Billy Gunn, who looks like he's in better shape than he ever was. Smoking yeah, guns. I don't think that's all natural. But Mr. Yeah. Ass, the one. I'm sure it's not. I'm I'm concerned for his health <laughs> yeah. watching him because I'm like, this, ooh, sir. Uh, especially like Triple H had his recent like cardiac episode and stuff, which is like apparently more of a genetic thing than than anything else. But I'm sure like his history doesn't help yeah. with that. But the fact that we are in 2021 watching Billy Gunn look great in a program with his adult sons uh, is actually I find it really neat. I'm sorry, I enjoy it. Uh, and then you know, and who's he in the program with? Fucking Sting. Sting and Billy Gunn in a moderately, depending on how you view it, captivating program in 2021 is nuts. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And I'm going to ride this thing to the end. And I'm, I'm rolling. And a gun club, they got sick music. Well, oh my gosh. Into it, man. Wow. We could not disagree <laughs> further on this. I was literally about to say the most shocking thing I found about it was how shitty their music was. And then you <laughs> no, go and give it. I can't. I was listening to that song, being like, "What is this garbage?" Like they come out to the shittiest music. They're, uh, I, uh, yeah, we are on polar opposites. Re the Billy Gun Club. Billy Gunn, a history of great music. I'm an ass man. Well, yes, uh, that, I've got it all. Oh, that's yeah, that's objective. Billy great, and Chuck. Billion, yeah, Billy and Chuck. Like I don't know, man. It's just. It's wild. And then the great thing where like Sting comes out on uh, on stage, the music hits, like the crowd is super into this shit too. And then Sting comes out and then Billy Gunn sends one of his shitty sons out to go get him. And then Sting just stands there, doesn't move, just smiles when he sees the guy running full speed up the ramp. And then here comes Darby Allen like a fucking bullet out of the face tunnel and just obliterates him. And the crowd goes nuts. I That was cool. I love this. It I love this. It literally looked like a I'm like s- a circus cannon had fired it was Darby nuts. Allen out of the tunnel. I've watched gifs of that and like that has to be sped up, but then no, that's the speed in which it actually happened. Uh, yeah, I'm loving this angle. I'm sorry, man. Wow. I, 
I'm I'm just really into the gun club. Okay. <laughs> I'm surprised too. I ripped <laughs> on him, but no, man, I dig it. Uh, I'll take over uh, as as gun club ripper. As resident Billy Gun hater. I don't hate Billy Gun. Okay. Generally it's speaking, adult, it's his adult sons, and I will <laughs> yeah, never refer to of, them yeah. as anything. I will never refer to them as anything. Uh, well, I'll use their names, but they are Billy Gunn's adult sons. Because just the fact, again, that we were teenagers, we were kids watching fuck, smoking guns and stuff, and now we're seeing this guy's kids wrestle. It's kind of like, you know, when you're watching NHL or watching sports and you see like a, a the Kachuk. child of someone that you grow. Oh, yeah, you see Kachucks running around and ripping up. You remember watching their dad, yeah. like, as a kid. It, you know, makes you feel eh, kind of weird or whatever. But, yeah, old, Billy Gunn's old adult son. that you're looking for. But... That's the one. <laughs> makes you feel a bit weird. What's the other word you can use? Oh, yeah, old as fuck. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're going to see Dynamite, the uh, the Gun Club versus Darby Allen and Sting. And I can't wait. Nice. What wow. a good Dynamite we're going to have. Uh, Give them Jobber open WWE. so we don't have to hear the music. Shut up. It's good. <laughs> It's good. Get on board with the gun club, sir. Uh, WWE. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the Fed, what they got going on. Uh, yeah, they got the uh, the day one pay-per-view there. January 1st, they're going to do a pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. Uh, headlined by Big E and uh, Seth Rollins. Okay. For the, for the title. Okay. Uh, the Vincent McMahon egg thing. Yeah, we talked about last week. It was going? Austin Theory. It was Austin Theory. Yeah. And then... Yeah. Uh, Apparently, oh. uh, I read I read earlier that it was supposed to be the whole egg gimmick was supposed to be much shittier with much lower stakes. It was going to involve like the twenty four seven title somehow, but then uh, the partnership with like Netflix and Red Notice, like they were very dissatisfied with how it was being featured. So as a kind of like not mea culpa, but as kind of like a you know thing to soothe that is like Vince got involved in it directly and made the focal point of the egg mystery a world title match and blah 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 it reeks of fucking uh w latter stage wcw where they had to deal with kiss that the oh, kiss yeah. demon would be like yeah. main would get would be in the in a main event match right the kiss demon would main event can't make him look and weak. then he he opened a nitro as what was billed as a special main event attraction so it was like you look at the contracts like technically <laughs> Like we never said he'd go on last. Yeah. We said he would be in a main event match, and Here that's is. what we're calling this as he wrestles psychosis <laughs> on a random nitro. <laughs> so here you go. Yeah, he's going up against Norman Smiley in a main event attraction. My favorite so part about like, the egg was uh, the point in which Vince says it's worth like five hundred million dollars or something like that, like yeah. some just absurd amount of money. Like I, yeah, I really want to know how they came up with that number. <laughs> Austin Theory, you remind me of myself. So you get the I admire your gumption. You get the uh you get the title match. Ah, oh, Jesus. Um what else happened? I think Raw was uh Raw was last night. Uh I think Edge came back and is gonna be entering into a program with the Miz. Sure. Okay. Edge and Miz haven't really, you know, worked together a ton, so that'll be interesting sure. to see, I guess. I don't know. Uh what else? Don't you feel like it's on? time that we start building storylines for Royal Rumble that maybe yeah, edge and Miz, I do. yeah and nothing's really happened thus far well we've got day one that's going to happen before the royal rumble because that's january 1st that's their next oh, pay-per-view event is oh, day one the, the day before so you said the first day of the year oh i thought you said it was the day before royal rumble and i got confused no it's the it's a pay-per-view before the uh the royal rumble so 
Yeah, uh, and on SmackDown, so Sami Zayn was all pissed because he was the guy who discovered the egg was taken by Austin Theory, and he didn't get a title shot. So uh, he's over on SmackDown. He wins a battle royal for a shot at Roman Reigns' title. Uh, will you believe this, Mike Paris? <laughs> Strap in, sir. Oh, I'm strapped. Uh, so Sami Zayn, uh, earlier in the match, went under the bottom rope or through the middle ropes. I don't remember enough to care. Uh, and then Jeff Hardy thought that he had won the match and the bell rang and his music played. And as he celebrated on the turnbuckle, oh, what do you think happened? <laughs> oh, did Sami Zayn show up? He did. Wow, what a and clever son of a bitch. Jeff Hardy because uh, and the commentary was very quick to point out he was never eliminated. Uh, They've never done this yeah. before. What original booking? Oh, I just I can't with that with that with that finish anymore. Yeah, I just I just I just fucking can't. Uh, anytime in a battle royal, someone's going under the ropes or through the ropes, or I'm like, nope, get back in there. Let's let's. <laughs> Someone goes under this. the ropes and gets put through a table and is yeah. unconscious conveniently for exactly it's the next thirty five minutes. <laughs> sits on their ass and then comes back out and wins the match. I was just so. Oh, and hate that I hate that stuff so so much. But and then Sami Zayn's like, oh cool, he's gonna be fight Roman Reigns. And then like he's being interviewed in the ring afterwards. And then the lady's like, oh, I got a scoop here in my my earpiece. Hold on, Sammy. And you see Roman Reigns watching it with the bloodline in the back. He's like, oh, I've just received word that Brock Lesnar's suspension has been lifted and he will be on SmackDown next week. Again, making Sami Zayn like an afterthought. I think it's hilarious that he like to keep building on that and actually make it seem like there's a conspiracy against Sami Zayn and keep fucking him over because they they lost it with Baron Corbin. Oh my god, we were in, we were in. Yeah, we bought into sad sack Baron Corbin is just like I just I got mustard on my shirt, but I can't afford to clean it. I have this one shirt, like funniest <laughs> shit ever. Happy Corbin, that sucks. I hate it. Yeah, I put it away. We're, we're done. Madcap yeah. Moss, you put it away. You ruined it. You had me like Baron Corbin for three weeks, and then now you've, you've wrecked like, it. There's nothing stopping them from flipping that back though and i think there's some value in that but they need to do it like quickly they don't need to like happy corbin needs to become sad again yeah because now he's cameron grimes exactly it's like, ridiculous I think you, you mentioned it yeah before, it's I such think, on a gimmick show that, like, yeah he's, he stole cameron cameron grimes yeah well you got freaking austin theory running around doing selfies and stuff mm -hmm. and there ain't any original ideas going on out there at all not Can't in the fed someone least. get repackaged as a supernatural fiend type character but not the fiend Speaking of fiend, be fiend belt, big markdown on WWEshop.com. I think it was like $300 marked down from like 700 <laughs> Still, that's a I lot didn't, of money. I didn't buy it. <laughs> I did not buy it, but... Uh, make your ooh, make your own. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I should Just do. find some human flesh. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much all from like WWE that, you know, is of main interest and stuff right now. Is there anything else that's tickled your fancy from... Uh, from Vince's playground. Now it is an interesting thought though, to think where we would be right now. were AEW not in existence. Like, would we just not be watching wrestling? Would we watch Would be watching yeah. terrible wrestling? Would be, would maybe it wouldn't be as bad if AEW wasn't around. I don't, maybe the competition's pushing them in the wrong direction. The, you, it's and you hard feel to the say. comparison, the comparison makes yeah. it more noticeable yeah. how shit it is. Maybe. Cause yeah, we just like for what, 20 years almost just kind of like all right yeah, yeah i guess this we'll, is the only show in town i guess we'll just we'll eat whatever shit we get fed 
but yeah, now that there's actual like competition, and again, like I think they did not to get too far deep into ratings or whatever, but I think they did like dynamite just under 900,000, which was down from the week prior. So they're not able to like get over a million sustainably, which, you know, the WWE marks are jumping on them for all oh, this company. So you can't do this, but apparently like one thing, which was interesting is that, um, raw in long Island, uh, was doing anything they could to sell tickets. They're bringing back Edge. They're promoting a special appearance by Roman Reigns after the fact and all this stuff. And they still couldn't move the needle, like even up till like, you know, show day of show, still having a big time difficulty selling tickets. And AEW is in the same uh, arena in a couple weeks mm-hmm. and they are drastically outselling what WWE did Oof. in that arena. Wow. But in something. like New York, yep. which is essentially, you know, Vince's backyard. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot going on there. But, you know, hopefully AEW gets like over the million like regularly. I don't know what the move to TBS is going to do for their ratings because they're running on Wednesday nights for the most part, like unopposed. Uh, and again, apologists for AEW will mention like, oh, they get bumped for NBA or for, you know, playoff games or this and that. And they're doing this and that. And it's, you know, they have some Saturday dynamites and stuff. It's hard to find consistency. Uh, but uh, yeah, I would love to see them over a million uh, weekly, but again, they keep building good stories. Give you more Gun Club, you're gonna get those yeah, ratings. No, oh god, no. Who wants that? No one wants this. More Gun Club. Oh, god. Uh, what do you want to push or bury? You want to get into this week in wrestling history? It's your call, man. Well, uh, I can, I can quickly push and or bury. Let's do some quick pushing and or burying. Uh, okay. This is. Uh, I'm calling this the stable edition of push oh. or bury. Uh, so we're gonna work our way through, you know, some tag teams, some stables. Let me know what you think. Please, please don't bring up Hit Row. I'm still not over it. I was gonna bring up Gun Club, but I guess I'll scratch that one off the list. <gasps> no, bring up Gun Club. All right, let's talk about Jacket Time. Are you familiar with Jacket Time? Who's Jacket Time? T- jacket Time is Ikemon Jiro and Koshida in NXT. Uh, okay. One guy is a time traveler gimmick. The other yeah, guy wears Koshida. a jacket. Jacket time <laughs> is the name of their tag I, team. I do enjoy Kushida and his unbridled enthusiasm and love for Back to the Future, which he has basically just rolled himself up in for the last like six or that's, seven years. That's the time part. I know. Yeah. Well, I remember the time splitters with him and Alex Shelley yeah. and stuff. So um, uh, I'm going to go just, just bury. It's tough to get excited <laughs> about things in NXT these days. Fair enough. Uh, a lot of their guys that I love will be most likely moving on uh, contractually. They've got the old school versus new school war games match coming up. It's tough. I mean, we're doing NXT war games, and I couldn't give a shit to be yeah, honest. Yeah, no kidding. Hey, eh? that's that's yeah, that's uh, well, dark I times. still I still maintain that they should have made that the undisputed era's match, and they should have never ever lost a war games match. Yet here we are. Now here they we are. Speaking of uh, undisputed era, and speaking of guys that you might like. Thoughts on the diamond mine? Hey, Roder- well, Roderick Strong's your boy. Yeah. I know you love Roderick I Strong. I do. Yeah, you do. Um, I think the diamond mine's okay. I, I mean, Roderick Strong's your top guy, and he's not really been the one with the most, like, personality over the years. But I do like what he's doing with his, this kind of, like, ass kicker, like, I'm a great wrestler yeah. sort of, like, gimmick and stuff, like, right now. Um. 
Yeah, it's weird. There's a lot of stables that are kind of like, you know, think about like the Nightmare Family or the fucking Factory. Oh my God, we talked about Punk. We didn't even mention QT Marshall. Uh, yeah, he beat <laughs> QT Marshall. <laughs> that match happened. But, uh, um, and, you know, the Nightmare Family or like American Top Team and stuff. They have these kind of stables that are just like training right. partners yeah. and yeah. stuff. Uh, so there's a lot of those, which I feel the Diamond Mine definitely kind of fits into. So I'm going to give them a tentative push. Uh, because I like that Roderick Strong's getting a chance to like lead his own thing, but beyond him, that there's not a lot there that I yeah, get I super don't like, like worked up about. Like, I like team. him. I don't like them. Yeah, and I like uh, Bivens a lot. I think he's yes. Great. I was gonna say I like Bivens. I don't really like. I forgot what their name is. The brothers that are like amateur wrestler tag team guys. Yeah, uh, not a big fan of them. I haven't seen a lot of the woman. I forget what her name is Ivy something or something like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Roderick Strong's pushing it for me, and then and then to have that manager as well, I think is good because I think he's a very talented manager uh, person. Uh, yeah. We kind of talked about this already, but the Dark Order in their present uh, stance, where do you sit on the Dark Order? We're on the 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 tail end of of push here. Okay, I think this should fundamentally end. Like Danielson running through them, and then eventually, like he's gonna beat Page for the for the title. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like they paid off the Adam Page storyline. Adam Page was a champion. I don't see him being long term, like at all. Uh, he can get back there, you know, down the line. But I think Danielson having that title does more for it and the company right. than Page right now. Um, I would like to see, yeah, their you know, positive kind of baby face plucky uh, gimmick be basically kicked out of them by Brian Danielson. And then I'm not saying Bray Wyatt, I'm not saying, or Wyndham Rotunda, whatever the fuck you want to say it, but I would like to see Dark Order recover from this with a more serious edge. And maybe you actually give them with new leadership, you give them, you know, something more to do. So we're on, we're going to push Dark Order as it is right now, but push them to the end of the line and then wait for them to kind of reinvigorate themselves down the line. And back into more of a supernatural kind of gimmick or like just a like more of a supernat- s- like serious more of a More of a serious okay. gimmick, I think. Because they've done the silliness because they tried it with a serious gimmick at first and it didn't work. So credit to them for doing a good job pivoting. But then they brought in like Brody Lee and they were taken a bit more, you know, seriously. But then they became, you know, goofy friends of Hangman and everything like that. So, but I think they've kind of run its course with that. And you either split the group up and they all go their separate ways, or if you are going to keep the, which I think I'm more in favor of, is breaking up the Dark Order at this point. But if you're going to keep them right. together, you need to you need to shift it. Um, now this is a thing that's kind of been happening recently, and we can kind of segue into this and talk about maybe stables in general. But uh, with the best friends and Orange Cassidy and stuff joining with Chaos, what do you think thoughts about uh, the bigger stables in NJPW becoming part of the the AEW world? Uh, Barry. Yep. I don't like it. Uh, I've always found the New Japan stables to be really big and cumbersome and just kind of like hard to follow because everyone's in something. Right. Right. Everyone's either in Chaos or Los Ingrenables de Japón or they're in the Bullet Club or whatever. It's just like, it's too fucking much. You've got every single person coming out for a match that's represented by one of like these three or four like stables. And yeah, I find it to be a bit much. So I'm going to bury the New Japan stables in general. Right. And especially bury them being involved in AEW because if you're not familiar, it's even tougher to follow. Right. Like, oh, Orange Cassidy is a member of K and the best friends are members of Chaos now. All right. 
cool. What are they about? Because none of the New Japan factions, with the exception of like Bullet Club for the day, like they seem to have any sort of purpose. Right. Right. They're just together to be together. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite factions of all time, uh, Evolution. Mm-hmm. Evolution had a fucking purpose, right? Right. And as like just as far as the structure of Evolution, I did recently watch the Ruthless Aggression special on them. Oh, so I mean to watch pardon that. me for yeah. marking out a little bit. It's really good. Yeah. But the fact that like yeah, they're going to invigorate like Ric Flair. They've got the legend. I'm shocked. I thought they were going to do that when Rollins turned and joined the Authority. I thought they were going to do Evolution 2. Mm-hmm. I've been booking Evolution 2 in my WWE 2K video games for years. <laughs> you get, okay, you need the old school like legend who could still go a little bit, but he's more of the uh, the learning tree. You've got the current top guy, the current best there is. And then underneath him, you've got two guys that are going to be the future of the business. How they never did that, and I know he's, you know, not Batista, but, like, uh, Johnny Gargano or, like, an Adam Cole or something like that where, like, you have him being one of the the new, the new future stars mm-hmm. that you're looking to build up because just the association of those guys. Watch that Ruthless Aggression yeah. uh, special on Evolution. It's really good, but uh, you don't see that really anymore, but that was a group that had a purpose that I absolutely loved. Um, do you, do you have, think there's any fear of the staples in AEW becoming too much, too big? You know, when you think about Nightmare Family, the factory, Team Taz, Dark Order, like these, these factions already, the the elite, elite, yeah. So, uh, the fucking pinnacle, right? Uh, inner circle. Inner circle. Like we yeah. keep, we're 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 keeping going. Yeah, the, the the similar sort of allegiances are starting to form, and then you kind of, oh right, I think Gun Club is part of uh, Nightmare I Gun Factory. Club is part of the, they were, but then or they were Nightmare part, Family. Now part rather, of the fact, another part of the factory, yeah. or are they? They were part of the Nightmare <laughs> Family, and then. Uh, was it Billy Gunn turned heel on Big Show or something? They must have done something when they were Shoguns years ago that he's still not <laughs> over. But uh, yeah, you don't know. Again, everybody belongs to a separate group, it feels like. Yeah. I mean, you still have those separate guys, but I mean, you got Dante Martin and Leo Rush involved in this program with like Team, Team Taz. Taz yeah. And it's like, okay, so is he gonna, is he joining Team Taz? Because Hook offered him some chips. Fuck, I love Hook. <laughs> so, so, so Do push, something! Push Hook. Uh, yeah, because I, I, sure. that was kind of what I wanted to kind of segue into was this conversation that we're having, which is, you know, you had it in, in in New Japan, which was the, like you say, everyone, whether it served the plot or not, were had their allegiances. Um, and then, yeah, it feels like AEW is kind of going that direction, but it does feel intentional. It feels like they want to go that direction. Maybe it's something that they viewed as something that people liked about New Japan. I, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, well... If they do like it about New Japan, they want to bring it over, they should, you know, give their head a shake because I just don't think it works, right? So, oh, you got fucking Death Triangle? We'll keep going. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We forgot, we forgot about Death Triangle. <sighs> it's very easy to forget, apparently. P- Pinnacle, they're even still around? Yeah, still I think so. Around yeah. Doing their stuff. Sean Spears coming up yeah. with his little glove at his chair. Yeah. Are there lady and factions? I guess, I guess, uh, uh, well, you got uh, Britt Jamie Baker's Hader team, and yeah. Britt Baker, and yeah, them, and uh, the rest of them are all kind of individuals, which is good. Yeah, but... Jade Cargill's great. <laughs> Push. Push uh, Jade Cargill. Yeah, that's all I got, but I'm glad it, because uh, I've, I've been eagerly anticipating having that conversation with you, sir, so thank good you. Good stable talk. I love a good stable talk. Um, all right, so uh, last thing we'll get into is uh, This Week in Wrestling History. Thank you. 
One, two, three, four, hit it! All right, so there were a couple options here. Yeah. A lot of historic stuff happened around here. But the one we're going to talk about, uh, it was November 29th. 1999, we were cordially invited. It was great. It was one of the first, you know, weddings I remember being invited to. To the the in-ring nuptials of one Andrew Test Martin and Stephanie McBann. Uh, It was a lovely service. Everyone was dressed to the nines. Stephanie was absolutely glowing in her innocence. And then all that rascal Triple H in his his leather beret phase. Uh, Triple H comes out and shows the video that uh, at her, I guess it was her bachelorette party, <coughs> uh, Stephanie McMahon was uh, was was drugged. Uh, it's problem. It's pretty problematic now. <laughs> looking back on it, it's like, oh, a few of our options this week like, were problematic. Oh, back in ninety nine. Yeah, I know. There was a crucifixion <laughs> yeah. as well that we could talk about. Um, yeah, and then uh, Triple H obviously reveals that he uh, kidnapped her and took her through the drive-through wedding chapel. Did some amazing ventriloquist work. <laughs> I do. I love you. I love, him. I love you. <laughs> oh, careful! Let's save it for the thing. And then, uh, yeah. That uh, she was married to Triple H and she's horrified in the ring and she's screaming no and she's crying and Test is pissed off. Uh, uh, Tess, you think you're mad now? You wait to see where your career goes after this. <laughs> well. um, but uh, she shikes. Um, I liked Test. I always did. His match with Brock Lesnar at King of the Ring 2002. Watch that shit. It's great. Uh, but uh, yeah, and of course it was revealed down the line that this is all just a big scheme and a big plan from them, but that was still several weeks away. Uh, an amazing moment in wrestling history, man. This is fun stuff. Yeah, problematic or not, it, it is a fun segment. And start to finish, like, Stephanie's reaction, like you say, the, the ventriloquist gimmicks. Uh, it, Vince, you son of a bitch. <laughs> like, Vince being super mad and swearing revenge and all that stuff. And, like, because I loved the Stephanie Test uh, pairing. Yep. Right, and I love that whole thing—the lover or lever match with Shane McMahon at SummerSlam, which again was like months prior to this. Yeah. I had, I thought the whole thing with Triple H and Stephanie happened a lot sooner after the SummerSlam match with uh, with Shane and Test, but they kept the Shane Stephanie stuff or Test Stephanie stuff going for months after that. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's 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 all good. I don't, I don't know what else to say. It's just like, and to know that it uh, reflected the real life uh, situation as well is also kind of a fun aspect of this. Um, but yeah, it's it is one of the most memorable segments in kind of the Attitude Era. Um, it is unfortunate what uh, happened to Test in a lot of ways after after this moment because his career did take a down down downhill slide. Um, but. Yeah, this really was a big moment for Triple H as a single performer as well. It really kind of was a a movement factor in his career uh, as well because he, you know, he he waited long enough for Vince to have a daughter that he could marry, and uh, there she was. Somewhere, young MJF was like, "Oh, wait a minute here." So, yeah, ah, oh, man, and I would have loved to talk about the crucifixion. Also, uh, I know we we talked before the show. Oh, what do we want to go into? What do we want to cover? This is like the definitive. Like, we have to talk about this. Yeah. But uh, so sorry. Maybe next year, December to dismember, uh, <laughs> pay per view. The lowest. You'll get your uh, time in the sun. Well, that's again. That's that's test. That's big. You know, that's stor- steroid test. Because uh, he was in that elimination chamber match. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's back knee test. <laughs> Gross. 
yeah, that's 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 you know my least favorite version of test. So uh, yeah, and you talk about like oh wrestling's a male soap proper and stuff. Nothing never was it more apparent than the wedding of Test and Stephanie McMahon with the shocking reveal and stuff. Like I oh, couldn't wait to tune in the next week. So great job, uh, November 29th of 1999 and that about wraps up the show paris you have anything else you wanted to share no sir yeah i i hope if you're listening to this on tuesday morning you are tuesday afternoon tuesday evening wednesday morning whenever it is uh that you're gonna head out to the second part of new three over at the studio nightclub on granville um that's the place to be this thursday yeah, every single round one match was a banger, and they're only going to get more intense from here as NEW crowns its first ever champion. This is a big deal. Everybody wants to be the one who was the first champion. So uh, you can follow us on Twitter at NEW WrestlePod, and be sure to also follow the Nation Extreme Wrestling account at NEW Wrestling Inc. Be sure to subscribe to this show on iTunes and Spotify. If you're on iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review. We really appreciate that. Mm, Look at that yes, full word usage. Love it. Mm, award-winning yeah. wording that's right so that's all for this week uh thanks to the stanchion wide aren't for temporarily joining us and forgetting he had a writing assignment yeah tonight. Our, our apologies if the armies are delayed tonight uh yeah that's that's, that's totally that's on it's, us. It's, wrestle, it's wrestle nation's fault uh i'm jay bowman he's the architect mike paris we'll see you next week on wrestle nation